Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Well, before we get into today's topic, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Do you like pain? No. No. No? No, yeah. Makes sense, right? Pain is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, do you guys do things in order to avoid pain? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. That makes sense. We all do that, right? It's like wearing sunblock, right? Oh, yeah. Tell me about wearing sunblock. What do you mean by that? So whenever you go in the sun, you wear sunblock because you don't want to get a burn. Also because you don't want skin cancer and maybe not sun damage to your skin. But um, sunburns hurt. I once got burnt so bad that I had like the outline of my earring on my cheek from me laying there in the sun for so long. Um, So now I'm really aware of when I go outside, I'm putting on sunscreen because I don't want to burn. Yeah. It's painful. That is an awesome example. We learned that fire is hot, so we don't go and touch fire. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And our mind tries to be really helpful at um, avoiding any kind of pain or discomfort. So it will look for risks and kind of come up with these rules to keep us in our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And some of those rules might be procrastinating. It might be checking out. It might be going numb to things. So I'm wondering for you guys if your mind comes up with ways to help you avoid pain and, and keep you in your comfort zone. I'm absolutely certain my mind does, although I would guess that most of the time it's subconscious. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I think we don't always realize for sure that um I that actually see this a lot at the gym. When an exercise gets hard, all of a sudden people's form changes or they lean back a little more or they don't go full range of motion. Like they find a way to make it easier. But I'm pretty sure none of my clients think like, Huh, how can I make this easier? They're all there to see results, to get their workout in. Nobody's there to like half-ass it, but somehow it happens eventually. And that's why I'm there to remind them like, hey, make sure you're doing this, you know. Um, But I think it's a very subconscious thing for most people. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely do not realize that our mind is like creating these rules for us in order to avoid pain. Like I'm thinking of procrastination. I think that's a great example of how we don't always realize it's an avoidance. Have you guys ever experienced that one? Procrastination? <laughs> yeah. All I do is procrastinate. <laughs> what do you think it's protecting you from? Like, what do you think your mind is like trying to keep you safe from? I think I procrastinate the best when I'm unsure of how something is going to turn out or I'm not confident that it's going to turn out the way that I want. And so I just keep putting it off. And I would say generally, I'm actually not a big procrastinator, but that is when I procrastinate the most. Mm. And I've noticed it more than ever since I started my own business, because that brings up lots of personal fear and insecurity, right? And so 
I guess it makes sense that that's where that shows up. Yeah, that is, that totally. makes a lot of sense, right? Like, especially like starting your own business, like that really highlights like a lot of scary things. If you fail, that's it's very public. It's very public. And it has like a really big impact. And it's really painful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now that you're all peaceful and calm over here. Your brain. Now that we just scared the living you know what out of you. Do I look a little white faced now? <laughs> no, I think entrepreneurship is actually the a really, really great example of of what I think you're getting at, Mora, because I have never felt so far outside of my comfort zone as I have since I started a business. And it's for so many different reasons. It's visibility issues, right? It's um, fear of failure issues. It's figuring it out as you go kind of issues. And all that feels really scary sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I really love this example of it because discomfort and pain isn't inherently bad or wrong, right? And avoidance comes with a really big cost. And, you know, we talk a lot about values. I know the three of us talk about that a lot. We talk a lot about that on our podcast. And when you're talking about entrepreneurship, I imagine that there are things about that that really tap into the things that you care the most about. When you think about entrepreneurship, what are the things that are really important to you? Why is this pain worth it? Yeah, I think for me, of course, it's worth it for the mission and values why, why I got into it, which is it's important to me to help people, right? I'm a helping professional. And then to show up authentically, to lead with sort of integrity and heart and compassion and to always try to keep learning and growing on behalf of the people that I'm serving. Yeah. Yeah. It makes that pain meaningful. And Tara, the example you were given earlier about clients in the gym, when you see them like starting to change their form. Yeah. How do you handle that? So it's really easy for me because typically I've built such rapport with my clients that I don't have to sugarcoat everything. And I can just be like, hey, make sure you stand up straight. And nobody goes like, oh, she's always picking on me. That's like what I'm paid to do. So usually I just point it out like, oh, you're getting tired. I can tell because you're doing this, this, and this. Make sure you this, this, and this. And then it usually fixes it because nobody's ever so tired that they can't do it. Mm. It's just your body subconsciously is like, I'm getting tired. So let me modify my behavior to make it easier. And then that's where I come in. You said something that touches on the fact that discomfort isn't inherently bad, even when it's physical discomfort. Think about childbirth. That's pain. That's like real pain. And it's not inherently bad or wrong. It can be. It was not my favorite experience. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Not your favorite experience. I mean, like worth it. But if I could have not gone through that, that would have also been great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If starting your own business meant you didn't have to feel that fear of rejection or failure or all of those things that show up for you. Oh, it would be wonderful. Absolutely, for sure. When I think of it in terms of the gym, the gym is uncomfortable. Mm. You know, like when you're doing your reps, like I worked out with Elizabeth this morning. I'm sure there were times that she was just like, oh, I'm burning. Those one-legged glute <laughs> squats that get me every time are glute <laughs> the bridges. Glute bridges. <laughs> Man, they burn like your booty is just going to burst into flames. Um, and it's uncomfortable, but like worth it in the end, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and even like even thinking about changing form, what is the reason you're asking them to, to change their form? Mostly it's because twofold, right? One, it's injury prevention. Like if people's form gets bad on something like very easily, they could throw out their back or hurt their neck or whatever injury. But also it makes the exercise more effective. So I'm a big believer that if you're in the gym, you might as well be doing it in the most effective way possible. Um, so I don't want them to get hurt, number one, but also I want them to see good results. Mm. So yeah, that's why we don't let them slack. Yeah. So in this case, avoidance makes them actually like risk even more pain and it, totally yeah and it it's less efficient it's getting in the way of the thing that they want yep yeah so avoidance gets in the way of the things that we want so in order to have the things that we want which really is what creates like a rich and meaningful life we need to be willing to have discomfort and even have pain and whether that's shame embarrassment i know i definitely have feelings sometimes where I'm too much in a social situation. And at the same time, I really love having people in my life. But if I'm real and authentic, then I might be too much. And if I'm avoiding that feeling, that means I'm not engaging, I'm not interacting, I'm not being who I am and who I want to be in social situations. It means kind of being comfortable with that too much. And then on the other end of that, sometimes I'm not enough, right? Like <laughs> sometimes I'm not doing enough or saying enough or like perfect enough. And I think of um, entrepreneurship, right? Like what if it's not enough? I was going to ask you how perfectionism and avoidance go together. Oh my goodness. So well, right. I feel like every procrastinator I've met, anytime they tell me that they're a procrastinator, I'm like, are you a perfectionist? <laughs> yes. And why? <laughs> tell us why. It's for exactly the same reasons you were highlighting earlier, like there are these things that we're really afraid of. We are afraid of failure. And so if I'm going to do this work, if I'm going to put my put this effort in, I have a risk of failure. So perfectionism is a coping mechanism. Oh, for totally. Sure. You just described me to a T, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's another thing you guys might have experienced too, which is when we're really excited about something that we really care about, we are like thinking about, we're planning and thinking about how great it's going to be and all of these things that we're going to do. And then it becomes this huge mountain that feels insurmountable because it's like this huge task I've laid out in front of me. And if I don't do it that way, then it's not what I envisioned. And if it's not what I, I envisioned, then it's not good enough. Let me keep planning so I don't actually have to do the thing. I heard a quote once that said, imperfect action is better than inaction. Um, and I feel like it's exactly that. Yes. Yes. Like just getting started is better than doing nothing, even if it's not perfect. Yeah. It you reminds know? me of my favorite, done is better than perfect. Oh, totally. So that's one thing. I totally agree with that philosophy. I think it's harder in the realm of emotions. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like getting started with something that is a physical task and being willing to kind of go through the pain and discomfort is really different than sitting with difficult emotions. So how do you counsel people through that? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually, it's quite similar, but it's much harder. So things that help with avoiding avoiding mm -hmm. and learning to embrace some discomfort is really trying hard to engage fully with your experience. As much as your mind is telling you not to, you can hear that input that your mind is giving you and not necessarily listen to it. Engage fully in the moment and just notice what it feels like, right? Tap into that sense of curiosity. What does this feel like? Like, what does this pain actually feel like? Where is it showing up in my body? 
and even turning that curiosity and engagement outwards too. What am I noticing in this room? What am I, what am I taking in with my five senses? I actually used that technique years ago. I was suffering from like panic attacks and I thought I was dying. I didn't know it was panic attacks. I just thought like, oh, I'm dying. And finally, I went to the doctor and they were like, I think like it's panic attacks. I don't know. All your heart's good. Lungs are good. Everything's fine. And so they were like, just figure out a way to like snap out of it. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll just snap out of my panic attack. Like, <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> so I was Googling it, right? Since my doctor was so helpful. And one of the things was like, be in the moment and notice like, what's one thing you see, one thing you taste, one thing you hear, one thing you can touch, one thing you can smell. And so by the time I would be like, okay, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Okay. What can I see? I see this picture on the wall. I smell my, you know, deodorant from this morning. And by the time I would get through all of them, I'd be like, Okay, okay. I'm not dying. I might be on the edge, but I'm not quite dying. Um, And I found it super, super helpful. What a perfect example. Panic actually is avoidance. Because, yeah, what happens is we feel a little bit anxious and then we have feelings about that. And so that might be anger, sadness, whatever it is. It's like, oh, I'm kind of like a little bit worried here. Oh, my gosh, why am I worried? Oh, my gosh, I shouldn't be worried. Why am I worried? Oh, oh, no, it feels like my heart's racing. Oh, no, I can't breathe. Oh, my God, what's happening to me? Am I going crazy? Oh, my gosh, like all of these things start going through our mind. And it's really because we're afraid of that first feeling that we have, that, that anxiety. And so noticing that those feelings showing up, and also like being really engaged and present. One thing, I'm, I'm also super glad you brought that example up of what's been helpful. I'm really glad you brought that, that one up because sometimes that one can even turn into avoidance. So it becomes a, I need to go through this exercise in order to stop feeling this feeling. And really that's not the goal. So I'm going to like notice what I'm feeling uh, in my body. I'm going to notice five things I can see, four things I can feel, mm. go through all the senses. Not necessarily as a way to avoid pain or avoid panic or discomfort. It's um, really uh, to tap into it, right? Yeah. I think our uh, we're thinking is uh, people's natural inclination is to want to get to the other side of it, right? And put it behind you. But you're saying actually tap into it and allow yourself to feel it. This is a radically different way of looking at it. And even in mental health, a lot of the times we are told that if we are feeling a certain way, then we have to get rid of that feeling and we have to stop that. And we, have to, we have to get rid of it. And traditional cognitive behavioral therapy is about changing our thoughts in order to feel differently. And this approach is more about changing the relationship we have to those thoughts and to those feelings so that we have the freedom to choose how we want to behave. And also fighting our thoughts doesn't often help. My whole goal with that was like, stop this feeling. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I did not want to sit with whatever that Absolutely. anxiety was. And the thing is, sometimes it works, right? And the hard part for me was like, <laughs> dude, I didn't have something I could pinpoint and be like, this is what I'm anxious about. It yeah. just would like come out of nowhere. And I'd be like, what on earth? And yeah. you know, it was brutal. Yeah. For, and then once I like came to terms with like, this is panic attacks. And I was able to use that skill to get over it. Yeah. I hate or get phrase, through. Get over it. But yeah, like get through it. It eventually got less and less and less and less. And now it's not an issue for me. But yeah, um, I definitely, my whole goal was just stop this feeling. Yeah. And honestly, that does often work at first. And then sometimes we notice that like, oh my gosh, it's not working anymore. And the reason that happens is because our mind is like, am I still feeling panic? And 
we're going to feel panic right. if we're looking we for it. We check in on it. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is there. Yeah. And this is something almost everyone does. Like when they're starting to learn to be really present in the presence of a lot of pain and discomfort, it turns into a, because I want to stop. And rather than that, it's I'm here and now. And it looks the same on the outside, but it feels it's a different function on the inside. So yeah, so engaging fully. And also, sometimes it's really helpful to just notice that it's our mind trying to be helpful. So noticing those thoughts, even when it's beating us up, right? Like you're not good enough. You're, you know, don't even start. What's the point? Or you need to keep planning. Like you haven't planned enough. Whatever it is that your mind is telling you to keep you in your comfort zone, maybe notice that as it trying to help. It's not helping very effectively, <laughs> but it's trying to help. It's making a good effort. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's really, it's trying with everything it can. It is like, Plus it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus it's hard. Exactly. And I think something that's helpful is you could take that message and not necessarily abide by the way it wants you to go about it. So when you're laying in bed three in the morning and your mind is like totally going through all this stuff, it's going through that stuff to avoid whatever feeling is showing up, right? It's analyzing and reviewing and planning in order to prevent you from feeling shame or embarrassment or whatever whatever the pain, the feeling is. So when that happens, it's important to just notice that that's happening, right? That's right off the bat. Just notice it's happening. Notice it's your mind trying to help or protect. So I would say I notice my mind is racing, my thoughts are racing. Yeah, I'm noticing my mind racing. I'm noticing, maybe even like saying like, I'm noticing the thought that I'm not going to be good enough or this isn't going to work out. Saying specifically what thoughts are showing up and adding those words in front of it, I'm noticing the thought, kind of helps create that distance. Maybe even asking what those thoughts and what those feelings are trying to teach you. What is it telling you is important? The other day, I was laying in bed, and Mav's first day at his new school was the next morning, and I was, like, worried about all this crazy stuff, like, like, oh, my God, what if there's a fire, and they're on the second floor, and I know there's, like, escape stairs in his classroom, and he can do stairs, but, like, what if somehow he gets left in the building? And then I was like, okay, Tara, that's ridiculous. They, like, train for this, and also there's a ton of adults there. Yeah. It would be highly unlikely, but I still laid there and panicked about it for, like, an hour. Yeah, absolutely. And the way your mind is trying to use logic is also trying to avoid pain, right? Like, it's doing it all. It's doing all of it. It's planning. It's thinking about all the risks, and then it's trying to use logic for you to stop doing that. I'm nothing if not an overachiever. Right. So in this case, you can kind of notice, right? Like, notice, oh, there's my mind trying to help. There's my mind trying to look for all the ways to keep my precious little baby safe, right? There's my mind also trying to get my mind to stop by using logic and arguments and like, come on, you know it's going to be fine in order to go to sleep. It's telling you all of these these things in order to help you. So noticing, there's my thoughts racing again. Thank you, mind. Thank you for trying to help me. And you can also notice like what's showing up for you physically too, right? Like when you're having those thoughts, like maybe you're noticing stuff showing up in your body. Totally. I was very restless. My husband's like, can you stop moving? I'm like, no, I cannot. (laughs) I must be squirmy right now because I'm feeling things. Yeah. So just noticing what those things are that you're feeling, maybe even like being curious about it. Like, oh, what does this really feel like? All right. Thank you, brain, for protecting me. Thank you for doing your best, even though it's a half-assed effort. 
I'm I would take that part out. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little nitpicky, <laughs> truly, because I think we all want to do that, right? It's like thank you, but not, but no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. And truly, that's how I feel. Like thank you, I just lost an hour of sleep because I was worried about this thing, and you're not being very helpful. But yeah, I appreciate you trying. Yeah, and I I would say that that is trying. You are using the same strategy your mind is using to get you to change. So you're then beating your mind up. That's beating you up. <laughs> It's like the Matrix. <laughs> exactly. So like. <laughs> what? <laughs> so really, it is It is like a bizarre concept. It's not what we're used to, right? But it's it's really compassionate. It's seeing that your mind is trying so hard. And it's, oh, thank you. Yes, this is important to me. And I can let that noise just go on and on and on. Like it's this radio on in the background and not have to actually listen to it. My mind's going to go, and instead, I'm, I'm going to notice where I am, notice what it feels like to lay in this bed right now, notice what the air feels like on my skin, notice how heavy the blankets feel on my body, just noticing where you are in that moment. Okay, so, like, take your brain out of the, like, cycle of panic and put it into, like, ooh, I love my new comforter. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, you're stepping out of those thoughts. You're not yeah. trying to change those thoughts. or Right, just let them happen, but also notice other things. Exactly. You're stepping okay. into your experience. That feels like an action item that I can do. Yeah, absolutely. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it won't be the last time I lay awake <laughs> worrying about my child. <laughs> Elizabeth, don't tell me. <laughs> I like that thought. Uh, thinking like, my mind. Yeah, like, it's trying to keep you safe, right? You yeah. know, like, our body, all, all the mechanisms in our body are essentially built to ensure our survival. Um, and sometimes it's super annoying the way it shows up. But recognizing that this is for my own safety. An example of this that I see a lot is when we stretch, there's, like, a limit, right? And if you go past that limit, you're going to, like, pull a muscle, tear a muscle, like, bad things can happen. So your body has, like, different proprioceptors in there that will kind of tighten up and make sure you don't go past that point. But it hinders us and prevents us from reaching our full potential in terms of flexibility. There are actually ways you can kind of, like, trick your body into, like, turning off the receptors. Um, But this is not the time for that conversation. (laughs) But the whole point is they're there to protect us. Yeah. And that is a beautiful example of why it's helpful to take the message that, our mind or those feelings are, are telling us, right? Like, what is this feeling trying to teach me? And I could take that message and figure out how I want to go about it. I'm feeling tight while I'm stretching and I'm going to choose to go a little bit further this time right now here and maybe just a hair, but it's also trying to help keep me safe. So maybe listening to that when it feels really painful mm-hmm. means you behave differently, but you get to choose and not the pain. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love that you guys are talking about body wisdom because that just reminds me so clearly of a conversation I have with clients all the time about hunger, which is so often because of the crazy culture we're in, people think ignoring hunger is almost celebrated, right? Mm-hmm. If I just ignore hunger, it means I'm doing something right. I'm not overeating. I might lose weight. I might do mm-hmm. all the things. But really, hunger is your body doing a biological, it's biological job. It's telling you, I have a need, and ignoring it is not going to be helpful, right? That's always going to show up in in something else. So really tapping into body wisdom. Absolutely. The main points that I want you guys to take away is that pain and discomfort is uncomfortable. 
It's kind of an instinct to try to avoid it. So it makes sense that our mind is going to come up with ways for us to avoid pain and discomfort. That avoidance gets in the way of the things that we really care about and it gets in the way of building the kind of life we want to live. In order to build the kind of life we want to live, to have a more meaningful and rich and full life, it means having a willingness to to experience discomfort. And you can do that by noticing our thoughts, by being really present and engaged in what's going on, by learning what it is that our mind is trying to tell us with that avoidance. And really coming back to the reason, right? Why do I want to go towards the thing my mind is telling me to avoid? So getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Music's my ears, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment and leave us a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about Mora, you can find her at her website, moratani.com. If you want to connect with me, find me on Instagram at Tara Deleon Fitness. To connect with Elizabeth, visit her at www.elizabetharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join her health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook.